Hey, good morning. Stand with us this morning as we open in worship. Sing about the days of Elijah. Those days are going to be coming back before we know it here. Sing along with us. Salvation 
Amen, amen. Isn't that a great song to start out with? Behold, he comes riding on the clouds like the trumpet sounds. I don't remember all the words, but man, I do enjoy singing that song. It's good to see you here at Sunset Hills this morning to worship with us. Aren't you glad to be here this morning? That's right. Thank you so much for that enthusiasm. It's good to see you. It is a different kind of service that we're going to do this morning in our deacon ordination and installation service that we're going to have. It's part of what we do as a church. We have more to say about that in just a few minutes. But I'm glad you came this way because in all we do, and especially this, we're calling out the, the uh, leaders of our church and, and, and affirming them and just saying, God bless what we do. We want him to always bless what we do so that we can, it's in that we bring honor to God. Uh, I, just a few announcements before we get started with the rest of our worship. First of all, if this is your first time to be with us, we're glad you came this way. If you haven't already done so, we hope that you've already felt a really warm welcome by our folks and we'd love for you to go by the Welcome kiosk out in the foyer there and just leave your name and address or you can do it by texting hi to that number there that's on the screen and just let us know who you are. A couple of announcements that are coming up. Isn't it great to have a little baby? No? Some of you all gotten so old you're glad you're not having babies, right? Is that the deal? That's exactly what. And we had, a, we had one, uh, one of our grandkids for about three days this week. I told Lynn when he finally went home yesterday, it's like, it is nice to have him, but it is good to be able to send him home. Isn't that good as grandparents? Yeah, that's good. So, but there are some folks that are still deciding that they're going to have babies, and two of a couple that is going to be doing that, they're actually in the works. In fact, uh, little Ryan baby is going to be here in just a very short time, and we want to help bless this particular family with, uh, with some kind of neat things, some gifts. So Lee Ann and Andrew Ryan will be having a baby shower on March 26th, and I know you will want to, uh, to bless them with a with a with a gift, uh, I heard this fella, little fellow up here said, a shower, a baby shower, what's that about? Well, it's where we bless some of our folks with a gift to say, we're happy that they're having a baby. So uh, we encourage you to bring a gift on March 26th. This is uh, Lewis and Teresa Justice's daughter, and so that you know who they are. Also, would like to say that uh, a new spring women's Bible study is going to start on Tuesday, March 21st. One session uh, is going to happen then, and another session on Wednesday the 22nd. It is uh, continuing uh, seeing Jesus in the Old Testament. And so if you would like to sign up for that, there's a place you can do so out in the foyer there. Uh, and please go by and take advantage of this opportunity to, to learn more about seeing Jesus in all of history. All right, it's good to see you this morning. Hey, just turn around and say, you don't have to shake hands, but just tell somebody you're glad to see them this morning. All right, thank you so much. Let's all join in and sing this next song. How great is our God. The splendor of the King Clothed in majesty Let all the earth rejoice All the earth rejoice 
things have yet to come and greater things still to be done in this city greater things have yet to come and greater things still to be done in this city you're the God of this city you're the king of these people, you're the Lord of this nation, you are. You're the light in this darkness, you're the hope to the hopeless, you're the peace to the restless, you are. There is no one like our God, no there is no one like our God. Greater things have yet to come, greater things still to be done in this city. Greater things have yet to come, greater things still to be done in this city. so thankful this morning that Lord we get to meet in a place that God we're just free to worship God today we are thankful that we are standing on a promise that there are greater things still to be done here God Lord I believe that with all my heart that the best is yet to come and God that we are not even scratching the surface 
the blessings that you want to pour out into this church and God in this community and, and into your people, Lord. So God, as we move into a time of celebrating some amazing men and families that said yes to serving you in our church, God, Lord, we're so grateful for this time. We're grateful that for these people that have said yes, Lord. But God, I feel in my heart that maybe there's someone else here that has been struggling with that surrender. So God, I pray that today that we would just be encouraged, inspired. That God, when you call us to something, that God, we would step up. God, it's all about bringing glory to your kingdom. We love you. In your son Jesus' name we pray today. Amen. You may be seated. Sunset Hills Baptist Church is called to order a business session that we have of ordaining three men as deacons and in the installation of the remaining deacon body this morning. I'm going to invite all the ordained men to come. If you have been ordained in times past, you would like to come and join us. We'd like for you to invite you to come and sit on these front seats here in the center section. So this does not need to be, uh, it's open to anyone who has been ordained in times past. So come and join us, please. Then I'm going to invite the three men who are candidates for ordination to come and join me here in these seats beside me on this platform here. They are John Bagwell, Kevin Lewis, and Andrew Trammell. Gentlemen, thank you. Don't you love how deacons pay attention and do things? I said the center section men. Oh, 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 there you go. You can stay where you are until for the time being. Good morning, gentlemen. It's good to see you. I appreciate so much you being here this morning. And I appreciate you saying yes on Wednesday evening uh, of this past week. Men who had previously been ordained were invited to participate in the forming of the ordination council for the purpose of affirming through testimony and questioning of the men that the deacon selection team had uh, proposed to serve as our deacon body of our church and make recommendation for their ordination. Uh, gentlemen, I'm going to ask you first that you would uh, give a brief testimony. When I say brief, I mean brief, not as long as you did the other night, uh, but that you give a brief testimony first of your salvation experience and your baptism. So we'll start with you, John, and go right down the row there. My family and I moved, uh, relocated to South Nashville about the time I started kindergarten, and shortly afterwards, began attending Haywood Hills Baptist Church, who at that time was being led by Pastor Roger Shelton. And after a, a, just a couple of years of attending there, uh, my mom, my sister, myself answered the invitation, uh, walked the aisle, and gave Pastor Shelton our profession of faith. And shortly after that, in April of 1979, were baptized there at the church. Uh, I would love to say that from that point forward, it's been a continual walk with the Lord, but unfortunately, it was not. And when I uh, lay 
later in my teen years, about the time I was leaving for college, uh, I made a lot of bad decisions and began really living a life that was based on self-will and not God's will. Uh, that continued for a period of time uh, and began having uh, negative impacts on many areas of my life, including my, my marriage, my relationship with other family members, uh, health and career as well. Luckily, during that period of time, I had two people in particular that never quit praying for me. That was my mom and my wife, Carol. And uh, in the fall of 2015, those prayers were answered. Uh, I came to the decision and, and admitted that the life I was living was no longer manageable and that I needed to make changes in my life. And to do so, I was going to need some help. And uh, I got that help from in many different areas from a lot of different people um, but I had one person in particular that, that really helped me a lot and that's my uh, good friend Jim. Uh, Jim and I when we talked when we had meetings he would always bring up Jesus in those meetings regardless of whatever else we were talking about he would bring up Jesus and uh, through those talks um, it helped me to come to believe that the only way I was going to be restored was through Jesus. And sometime after that, it was a Saturday morning, in either late 2015 or early 2016, Jim and I sat and talked and prayed, laughed and cried. And that morning I decided to rededicate my will and my life to Jesus. Uh, and, you know, my life from that day forward has been totally changed. Uh, you know, I've still had the trials that I've always had. Uh, that everybody has. You know, I had the loss of a father, uh, declining health of my mother, my own serious health issues. But throughout those times, at least now, I had a sense of peace and there was always hope there. A uh, short time after that, I, uh, at Carol had visited this church and came home and asked me if I would join her the, the next Sunday, and I did. And uh, boy, the relationships that uh, I've made here, especially with the men, have uh, been an inspiration uh, to guide me and to inspire me to further my relationship with Christ and study the Word. Thank you. Yeah. Amen. God gave me the privilege of being born to parents who loved and served the Lord, grandparents who loved and served the Lord as well. I remember I was probably six years old, which I had to kind of go back by deduction kind of the house that I was in when I came to that first realization about six years of age that I needed to give my life to Christ. I remember that event continued. We were in church every Sunday. My dad, both as an elder and then spent the majority of his career as a bivocational pastor. We grew up as a preacher's kid. Uh, met my wife in Bible college very distinctly felt a call to serve the Lord full-time, and we spent a number of years doing that. In the middle of that journey, I struggled with doubt and trusting that God had me, that I was in his care at hand. And in and as a part of that journey and having been exposed to faithful men who loved and served the Lord, I called, was called to rededicate my life, to establish my salvation, able to say when Satan would push and try and remind 
that point, I was uncertain of my salvation. Skipping back and forth, sorry for that. Um, established my salvation. Felt that the sequence was putting my faith in Christ, following in believer's baptism. So I then I did that again, or in sequence, if you will. Uh, I think I was 25 years old, I think, at that point. And so I'm looking at my wife. She always keeps track of the calendar for me. Um, and continue. Uh, I think the recurring theme in my life and my story, and I look to, to God's word, when we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, uh, and I have that as, as the heart and foundation of my testimony, parents, grandparents, godly men, pastors, that it is, it is my calling to serve him with all that I he had that privilege of being in full-time ministry for many years and called back into a professional career. Uh, about five years, six years or so ago, God led us here to Sunset Hills Baptist Church. And we're drawn in immediately, welcomed, and felt to be a part of. And I think that is a part of that, that legacy that we have here that will allow us to continue to grow, represent Christ to our community, and continue to grow in the services. stage. Is this even working? Okay. All right. Um, well, my, my story is, is similar to Kevin's. Uh, it came to uh, saving faith in, in Christ. Hello now. Uh, have a somewhat of a similar story, early faith in Christ. My mother says that I did somersault as a little kid because I was so happy at that. Um, but rather a, 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 a simple story of mine is where um, I grew up in Lima, Peru, South America. My parents are missionaries and um, went to a missionary children's school. Just a conservative life growing up in Peru. Uh, there's a stark difference more in other parts of the world between the Christians and the non-Christians and so to me there was never a question about what what it meant to be a Christian um, but I think typical to most young men um, I didn't have much of a, a true personal life personal commitment personal relationship with Christ I came to a, a point of Recommitment at my senior year in college, I believe, is it worked out. Due to some good friends in Campus Crusade, the one encouragement there is is, is people have a, a huge influence, and was married soon soon after that, and Jennifer and I attended a church for about twenty years. Then, really, my testimony has really begun in the past probably six years with my attendance here. The example that I've had with the, the men that I've, that I've been with, here's a good example. And my growth with, with Christ has been just so much more than the many decades prior, and it all has to do with Sunset Hills, the good men and women here.
Thank you, gentlemen, for sharing your walk with Christ now and how you were introduced to him and your following through with baptism. Thank you. In our ordination council meeting, uh, Danny Gordon was uh, selected and elected to do ask a few questions of our candidates. First Timothy 3.10 states that a man must be tested before serving as a deacon. It's customary before ordination for a man to submit to a time of questioning concerning uh, the following, the subjects that Danny will talk about. So Danny, come and ask these men a couple of questions. Yeah. There you go. Okay, it's on now. So I was kidding with John this morning. I said, do you want the list with the questions we already asked you or the new ones that I came up with? <laughs> he looked a little panicked, actually. And he said, you were told to ask us questions that we've already heard. I said, well, that may or may not be what happens. So, gentlemen, <laughs> first question. Does your wife not only support you in your decision to become a deacon, but understands the requirements and the work and time that you may be asked to do? Yes, she yes. does. Yes, she does. All right, good deal. And, and then the next question, what is your view of the Bible? John? Well, the Bible is God's word spoken to man. I, I can only expand and say that it's the inerrant inspired word of God. Good. Kevin said it perfectly. I was going to use the same thing. <laughs> you, you can't do that every question, okay. <laughs> All right. Swap scenes, uh, you know, if you want, or you want to start at this end, then he can. All right, we'll start with you. Okay, Andrew, do you believe in the security of the believer? Yes, I think, uh, I think the, the good way of putting it is we are in God's hands. Uh, God is eternal. We are sealed by the Spirit of God, and nothing can pluck us from God's hands. Yes, I can't really expound any further than that. <laughs> <laughs> I see a little bit of a trend happening here. All right, next question, gentlemen. Do you know your spiritual gifts and understand that God expects you to use those gifts for kingdom growth? And elaborate on what you might think are your top two gifts. My top two gifts, I feel, are service and faith. Okay. My gifts are in the areas of service as well as leadership and teaching. Discernment and giving. And I'm really low on grace, though. All right. Let's go to the next question. Uh, are you faithful in your stewardship by tithing to Sunset Hills? Yes, sir. Yes. Yes. Very good. Um, as a deacon, you are held at a higher standard. You are expected to be the first to volunteer, to serve, to lead within our church. Do you understand that? Yes. 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 So you softball questions, right? Okay. Uh, Next question, what do you feel is the purpose for why Sunset Hills exists? I think we're called to be a 
community of believers to love others and to help strengthen their relationship with Jesus. Okay. As part of the body of Christ, we are called to be light and salt in this world. Spread the gospel. Uh, I'm glad someone brought it up. Good. All right. And disciple believers. Evangelize and disciple. I think that's in the Bible somewhere, right? Okay, we had, uh, actually, we had quite a few more questions for them during our uh, Wednesday night meeting, but uh, I wanted to give you a little flavor of what we discussed, and so that ends, you can breathe a little easier, that ends the questions. I have a question that, <laughs> that uh, uh, are you willing to become an indentured servant to your pastor? Just teasing. Gentlemen, you may go sit with the rest of the men. We will call you back up shortly. Thank you so much. I know it's not an easy thing to be put on a spot like this and not knowing what kind of questions folks are going to answer. Like Danny said, they were softball-type questions. Weren't so much so the other evening. Uh, ordaining council, you've heard the testimony of the candidates to be ordained. You had a chance to question them on Wednesday evening. Do I hear a recommendation that we proceed with the ordination of these three men? Motions are second. All in favor say aye. Thank you so much, and the motion carries. Many years ago, and I'm talking about many years ago, really I was just out of high school, and, uh, and, and I'm not recommending that any young people do what I'm about to tell you that I did. In fact, there are many stories uh, like this that I, I wouldn't dare tell you, but I'm going to tell you this one because I think it sort of fits with the morning. Um, I, and, and if you do what I did back then with uh, some others, the, you, you run the risk of getting into trouble and possible arrest, so you might not want to do what I'm telling you that I did back then. But as I started to tell you many years ago, the deacons of our church decided that they would go on a staff deacon retreat. We had just uh, uh, ordained and selected and elected several men just like these men are going to be, and they were going to go get to know each other and do some planning. And as a result of that, many of the kids of the staff, along were the, with the deacon's kids, were left to stay at home. And that formula has potential of causing problems, putting preacher's kids and deacon's kids, giving them that kind of freedom. So with our parents out of town, many of us seasoned PKs and DKs decided that we should initiate the new deacons to our church that were coming on. And a bunch of us got together and decided that we would roll the houses and the trees of all the new deacons. Now, how many of you know what rolling is? Yeah, okay, yeah. And we even rolled some of our own homes just to cover up the fact that we were out there <laughs> doing the misdeeds and wanted to confuse those deacons so that they wouldn't figure out who it was that did it, and we were getting away with it pretty well until uh, keeping it all under wraps until it was discovered that we actually stole all the toilet paper from the church to go do the rolling with. That didn't go over so well. 
Guess who had to go clean up all of those yards after? Actually, I think Richard sent them. Were you one of those that we rode? Where's Richard? Were you one of those that we rode way back then? He was. So my, it was way back then. That was when you were a kid, almost. And, and I was like, that's ancient time ago. That's how long Richard's been a deacon in our church. Uh, there's long been a joke that goes around churches like this. Why are the preacher's kids so bad? Because they hang around the deacon's kids. You've heard that maybe. Speaking as a preacher's kid, there is some truth to that statement, and it works the other way around as well, as I just told you. Thank goodness the deacon's kids in our church are much better behaved than they were in that day, and I'm glad that my kids are all grown so that the deacon's kids uh, or grandkids can't be a bad influence on them now. When you hear the word deacon, it conjures up all kinds of images in your mind, depending upon your past experiences and what churches you have been raised in. So if I were to ask you today, what is a deacon? Well, some of you might say you would give a whole lot of different answers, and some might say that, well, the deacons are the ruling body of the church. They run the church, and in many churches that is true. Others might say, well, they're the pastor's boss. He has to answer to them in all matters. They keep their thumb on him in all areas, and in many churches that is true also. I'm thankful that's not the case in Sunset Hills. I know of churches where the deacons represent authority and discipline, and if you get out of line, watch out, here come the deacons to straighten you up. I've known of some churches like that. Well, none of those answers are true at Sunset Hills. I cannot tell you how through the years since I have pastored this church, and really long before that when I was on staff in various um, jobs that I have done since being here at Sunset Hills, Radnor Baptist previously to that, of how much I count on these men as a pastor to help us and help serve our church as leaders. Uh, There have been times, and we have gone through some um, great times. There have been times we've gone through some hard times, and many tough decisions had to be made. And often when I would bring that to light to our deacon body, uh, we uh, we would discuss it, we would seek wisdom, and we always did it in a time of prayer. And it happened back when we were in the other building. One of the places that we would gather often would be in the altar of that particular location. And I can tell you, that even as of this past week, our deacon body gathered here in this altar, praying and seeking God and how uh, we were going to lead this church in the future. And, and I'm grateful for that. The best place to find out what a deacon is and what he's all about is found in the Bible. There we find the role of deacons. The term deacon is a a marvelous term. In general, it means servants. So I'm not that far off by saying you might be an indentured servant, not to me as pastor, but really an indentured servant to the Lord Jesus Christ and then to this church. It's... is a not just a message though that I'm about to share 
But this message really goes to the entire church. The Greek word for servant is diakonos, where we get the word deacon. It's only, um, it's, a, it's a word not uh, uh, originally signifying office. It just simply meant servant. At Sunset Hills, we have deacons. In fact, ever since our church was started way back in 1924, we've had a deacon body to serve the members of the church. Not only has this been a tradition, it has also served as a functional role within our ministry. Not long after the first church became, began, it became apparent that there needed to be like, a, let's just call them a, a maintenance department to perform some necessary tasks. So the appointment of the first servants or deacons was recorded in the New Testament. And Paul provides a list of qualifications for such servants or deacons. And since we're about to select some men to serve in our congregation, it would be well to uh, consider these verses. So if you want to take your Bibles and turn with me to Acts chapter 6, we'll read from there and then we'll read some from first or from uh, the book of Timothy. The disciples were faced with a serious situation. As happens all the time whenever you get a group of people together, uh, they, they have needs and they had a situation that had arisen, and it, this particular situation was threatening the very existence of this early church. They, they just couldn't keep pace with the need that existed with those early Christians who were gathering together and wanting to learn about this and become followers of Jesus Christ. And the physical, emotional, and mental needs were needing to be met along with the spiritual needs. You can't just meet spiritual needs without addressing the physical and emotional needs and mental needs that exist. So they were spending, the, the early disciples were spending a lot of time waiting tables, as they call it, physically feeding and caring for the needs of the people in that church so that they had so much going on trying to take care of those needs, the spiritual needs were being neglected. So a decision had to be made. And since God had only called 12 uh, to be the spiritual leaders, i.e. The, the disciples, then others would need to be found who would be able to come alongside those disciples and meet those other needs. So in Acts chapter 6, we find this, and I read in verse 1. But as the believers rapidly multiplied, it, it, why, isn't that a great thing to know that the first church that, that Jesus established, that people were so excited about it that it just continued to grow rapidly, there were rumblings of discontent. And that happens too, doesn't it? That's just the nature of people. So there was con, uh, discontent. The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers, saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve called a meeting of all the believers. They said, We apostles should spend our time teaching the Word of God, not running a food program. And so, brothers, select seven men who are well-represented and full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will give them respons this responsibility. The apostles, we, uh, then the apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the Word. Everyone liked this idea. 
And they chose the following, Stephen, a man of faith and the Holy Spirit, Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenia, Parmenas, and Nicholas of Antioch, an earlier convert, a convert to the Jewish faith. These seven men were presented to the apostles who prayed for them as they laid their hands on them. So God's message continued to spread. The number of believers were greatly increased in Jerusalem, and many of the Jewish priests were converted too. So when you stop and think about what it is that we do as a church today, we do it, we're ordaining men, and we're installing a greater group of men because they did it in the early church. It's what they did in those early days when the church was established. It's, it's been not only a biblical solution, but a long-standing way of dealing with how the church would do her ministry. And out of that controversy, we're introduced to the creation of a deacon ministry. The need for deacons in the church came from the problem that was in that church. In one sense, it's a really great feeling, I think, to know that what we do today, what we have done all of these years, these almost 99 years that we've been in existence, that the very first church, it was established then and it has been carried on throughout church history and even in our own history uh, from what happened 2,000 years ago. The deacons that we will install, first and foremost, are here to serve. They're serving, back then, fixed a problem, and it still does today. The clear purpose and reason for existence of a deacon or a servant, as the Greek would translate, is to serve. So men, you are servants, servants of our church, servants of the Lord Jesus Christ, and serving each other. In this uh, account, a problem had arisen, uh, these 5,000 members that had gathered, and, and they had to come up with a solution. So they came up, they had this kind of like a meals on wheel kind of program, and, and some of the widows were being left out, and so there was a, an obvious attempt here uh, that they were trying to minister to many, but they were being forgotten, it seems, and so there was an answer to that by appointing these deacons. That's why we have this. It's God's plan. Because we recognize today a pastor cannot do it alone. Even if we have, when we have multiple pastors, we still need men who are willing to serve in other capacities that frees up pastors to lead in the spiritual work. That does not give you all the right or the, uh, uh, the excuse to not be a spiritual leader. However, you come alongside and help pastors in that particular role, but also in serving. And that's the plan established long ago that we still employ here at Sunset Hills. That's the why. But then there's a second question that comes up is, is the who? Who should be a deacon? Who should serve on this servant team? And so we go to 1 Timothy chapter 3, beginning in verse 8. 
And we find out information about that. The Apostle Paul is writing, and he says, In the same way, deacons are to be worthy of respect, sincere, not indulging in much, much wine and not pursuing dishonest gain. They must keep hold of the deep truths of the faith with a clear conscience. They must first be tested, and then if there is nothing against them, let them serve as deacons. In the same way, the women are to be worthy of respect, but not malicious talkers, but temperate and trustworthy in everything. I'm not going to preach a sermon on that. Okay? A deacon is what we're dealing with. Must be faithful, however, to his wife, and must manage his children and his household well. Those who have served well gain an excellent standing and great assurance in their faith in Christ Jesus. Interesting and important qualities that Paul lays out of who uh, are to become deacons within a church. Those people, those men, are to be men who follow Christ closely. I was interested in hearing their, con their testimony and, and really how they, these men that we are ordaining today, how they have engaged in various ways within the church to deepen their faith. A lot of them in, very much in the men's ministry and how that, the Bible study that takes place. But in their case, they're also involved in other aspects of trying to learn how to have a deeper commitment to Jesus Christ. And when that happens... When men come together in a fraternity type of setting, that often rubs off onto other men. I think you heard that this morning in their testimony. Uh, this happens when one spends time looking at Jesus, listening to Him, learning from Him, living like Him, one who works for Him and worships Christ. When one does that, it can't help but rub off not only on other men, but other people in their family and in their community and hopefully in their workplace. So item number one in reaching the calling of ministry is following Christ humbly, patiently, persistently. Verse 8 really is saying, Deacon, you need to be real. The NIV uses the word worthy of respect and sincere. He is to be a person of integrity. In other words, have a good reputation. It, it, it says that there to be a witness, a person who has a reputation in word and action. A deacon is to be an evangelist. He should possess blameless character. He should desire and build relationships, personal relationships, with other people within his church. This is the DNA of our church. In a day like ours, we cannot overemphasize this or just assume that it happens. You're the front line, men, of a culture that exists within Sunset Hills. We have a very friendly culture in our church. Amen? Amen? People are welcomed here. It's your job to protect that and make sure that that continues to be the case. That said, being real does not imply perfection. So I'm letting you off the hook here just a little bit. But it implies honesty. 
We all, as Scripture clearly says, sin and fall short of the glory of God. But a real individual who admits that sin, he confesses it to God, makes reconciliation with anyone who needs it, and moves on, openly confessing, not hiding or pretending that he or she, that he is perfect. And that applies to women as well in their walk with Christ. This passage also implies that one being chosen as a deacon must not have other desires in wanting to be a deacon other than serving. In other words, you can't come on to and become a deacon at Sunset Hills Baptist Church with your own agenda. You come in and you work with other leaders within our church uh, for the glory of Christ. Verse 9 says that a deacon knows the truth and lives it. The man who will or would be a deacon has a personal relationship with Christ. He is to be filled with the Spirit. Ephesians 5.18 is a command to be filled with the Spirit. A deacon is to be full of the Spirit, not full of himself. He should be capable of demonstrating the fruits of the Spirit. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and above all, love. He is to be baptized in the Spirit and born again. He is to be controlled by the Spirit. He's not to be a know-it-all. He's to be obedient in the Spirit. And he's to be full of wisdom. Wisdom is not just knowledge, a, a, a learned skill. Wisdom comes from God and is seeing the world through God's point of view. Verse 10 says that a deacon is also to be tested or to be mature. A deacon should not emerge simply because there is a need, but as a congregation that we have witnessed you and seen that you have been able to be of mature nature, able to make wise decisions, and, and to develop the characteristics of other people. A person who serves as a deacon is, is to, needs to be an active participant in the ministries of our church. He needs to attend regu regularly. How can a deacon serve people if you're not here to see the needs of people? He should recognize the blessings of God and give accordingly. And then verse 12 says a deacon must be a family man, managing his home well. You must put your family first. Let me say that again because oftentimes I think churches of the past have expected pastors and, and leaders and deacons to put everybody else first and then let the family go last. And that is not biblical. A family should be first in your ministry. And because success at home uh, proves his ability at church. And if you can't meet the needs of your family, how can you expect, be expected to meet the needs of others? Answering the question of why, uh, we, we come to the final question of what. What, in practical terms, should a deacon of Sunset Hills Baptist Church do? Well, let me just lay out some things. First of all, a deacon is to be a deacon of prayer. Everything, every decision, every move, as leaders of our church, should be bathed in prayer. Our, need, our church needs deacons who pray. I don't mean just a quick prayer in the morning and like, Lord, help me get out of bed. Some of you are at that point where you need that help. I, I agree. But it's a prayer, like a prayer closet or when you spend a lot of time in prayer. Develop and devote much time in prayer. 
praying for the needs of our people and for the ministries of the church. Your church is encouraged when, you, when they know that you're praying for them. Secondly, a deacon needs to have a positive attitude. We need deacons who see the, the, the glasses as half full rather than half empty. You must possess a positive attitude that comes from spending much time with God who owns it all and can do it all. The deacons in Acts 6 face their problems head on, and so should we with the right attitude. A, a deacon needs to be an active participation. Our church needs deacons who lead by example. We can't expect other people to come alongside the ministries of our church if they can't see and they don't see the leaders of their church doing this regularly. Deacons should attend, should be here, should communicate this, that you want to spend time in God's house with God's people and with our Heavenly Father Himself. A deacon is to be a person of encouragement, a deacon of encouragement, an active encourager. In our daily day of business and in personal, need, in personalness that, that uh, happens, we need to take time to be a friend and offer a personal touch to people. The deacons, the fellow servants here at Sunset Hills, would be, you're called to walk alongside people in both good times and not so good times. Giving what, uh, in, in a, being a, source of help and prayer with others. A deacon is to be a deacon of stewardship, not just about money, but about uh, all that God's given us. Sure, our deacons ought to be tithing members, but stewardship is giving back to God and our talents, our abilities, our time, and everything else that we have. And then a deacon is to be a person of service. That's where we started with, always looking for a place to serve, to encourage, to listen, to meet the needs, that face us unexpectedly. And then I'll say this, a deacon is to be a servant of whatever, whatever needs to be done, that you're setting an example for the needs of our church to be ready in season and out of season. John, Kevin, and Andrew, your skill as a deacon may take some time to develop, but as you patiently pray, for yourselves and for your fellow deacons as you connect with God he surely will direct your paths and show you clearly which way to go all of these men that are sitting here have already been down this path and they are there to encourage you what happened as a result of the ministry of these deacons I think it's always good to be able to say okay we see the good that happened when these men were called but how was it demonstrated? Well, Acts 6, 7 tells us. And the word of God increased, and the number of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of priests were obedient to the faith. You already heard that verse. But it emphasizes once again that when a church comes together and is unified and is really working to, to carry out the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, to evangelize and to disciple, then the church will grow and it'll multiply. And we will see, we sang that song, the God of the city, some great things still to happen within our church. And we as a group of leaders are to be on the forefront causing that to happen. At first glance, it doesn't appear 
as though choosing men to help serve meals to widows would have made that much difference into the overall success and health of the church. But here this verse declares that it did. And they were, people began to get saved and the influence of the church was being spread throughout all of the world at that time. So much so that some of the religious leaders that had fought against the Christianity starting, they themselves had put a personal trust in Jesus Christ. And I believe that the same thing can happen today as we depend upon God to lead us as leaders of this church to be successful on His behalf and grow His kingdom. So that's what we do today. In that early time, Scripture said that those disciples laid hands on those seven men who were chosen. God's use of laying on of hands symbolizes the giving of a blessing, authority, and distinctiveness. It is and was a symbolic act designed to represent God Himself setting a person apart for a holy use, whether for service or healing or protection or guidance or blessing. So, man, I'm going to ask the three men to come back up here and join me on the platform and sit in these chairs. Actually, I want you to kneel facing the cross there. I told them the other day that they might want to think about bringing pillows as they get on their knees. I see none of them have pillows, so I guess their knees are okay. I'm going to now invite the ordaining council to come and form a line here. Please make your line down that side of the sanctuary. And as we come in... We carry on this great tradition of those disciples who first laid their hands on the seven men who were chosen, and we bless them with our prayers, our affirmation.
Gentlemen, I'm going to ask you to come and join me here. You all may stand. I'm going to ask you that you form a circle, surround yourselves around these three men. In our ordination council on Wednesday, uh, Richard Center was um, asked to give the ordination prayer. So, men, would you please join hands as we pray a blessing upon these men? Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the opportunity that we had to be gathered here this morning because it truly is an opportunity. It's an opportunity to serve that each one of us has answered the call. Father, thank you for these three men, their lives, their testimonies, the words you've heard this morning, for the work that we will do over the next couple of years as we move forward. Thank you for being with us. We know that you're out there, that you're taking care of us. And here we are this morning in front of this beautiful cross. Thank you for it. Thank you for what it means to each one of us. Thank you again for the lives of these three men and their testimony. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I'm going to ask that the 16 men that have agreed to serve for this next term to please go to the altar and, and look back at me as we install you as deacons. To Kevin, Andrew, and John, by order of this church and by you being duly selected, elected, and now ordained, I appreciate you being willing to serve and, and confirm that ordination upon you in service to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And since we're still in the business session, the deacon selection team has brought before the church uh, um, in weeks past these men who have uh, been asked to serve and elected as a new term of deacons within our church. They are John Bagwell, Eddie Bowers, David Collette, Brett Durham, Tracy Edwards, uh, Danny Gordon, Bobby Hamilton, Keegan Hearn, Alvin Jones, Kevin Lewis, Sean Norum, Matt Center, Richard Center, Brian Smotherman, Andrew Trammell, and Rick Weatherby. Sean and David are not with us today, so we will install them in absentia. Men, this morning you stand before God in this church and have been duly elected as to the office of deacon. You are the men that God has chosen to serve our church as the spiritual leaders and be an example of other believers. This office, as we have talked about, is not about a position of power, it is about servanthood. It's vitally important that you realize that this is God's church. It doesn't belong to man. You have been elected to be not just be a decision maker, but a servant leader. I've seen you and other many examples and know your servant's heart, and I know that you will labor as fruitful men and servants of our church. This church has seen your desire to help others, and you have a good testimony. Your actions as a deacon reflect upon Christ and his body, more so than 
any others. You represent this church, so when you live a God-honoring life in this community, this church, our Savior, will be looked upon favorably. If you fail, you will bring dishonor upon the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, and this entire church. And I'll be honest with you, some people look at deacons more than they look at themselves. And deacons' mistakes can become very glaringly and magnified. Sometimes their good qualities go unrecognized. The office of deacon carries great responsibilities, but the privileges and rewards far outweigh the burdens. Paul tells us in Timothy, for they that have used the office of a deacon well purchased for, to themselves as a good degree and great boldness in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. So, in a moment I'm going to ask you to say I will to each of these uh, statements that I will read. Do you promise before God in this church and Jesus Christ that you will uphold the truth and doctrines of God's Word? Be a living example of Jesus Christ in this church, in this community, by the grace of God. Be faithful and in regular attendance, wholeheartedly giving in your giving, open-minded and planning and patient in seeking solution to problems. Seek to serve with a servant's heart. Assist this pastor in implementing and carrying out the ministries and vision of this church. And earnestly seek God's guidance and His will for our church. Gentlemen, will you faithfully, to the best of your ability, make a commitment to serve our church as I just described? If you will, then please say, I will. Church, these men have been set apart by God to fulfill a vital ministry in this church. They need your support and affirmation. Church, do you promise before God and these new deacons that, and this new deacon body that you will pray for them and encourage them as he would do the, they would do the same thing for you. If you will do this, church, please say amen. amen. And with that, I, as pastor of this church, and by the vote of this church, install you as the new term of deacons for Sunset Hills Baptist Church. Would you pray with me, please? Father, we're grateful for this age-old tradition, this way that was established by those early disciples to do and conduct business necessary for the church, choosing men who would be servants and who would put themselves out there, unpaid positions, who say, I'm willing to serve the needs of others. I'm grateful for these 16 men who are choosing to lead our church in the term ahead. I pray your blessings upon them, upon their families. May your protection be upon them. As we gather together at various times, I pray for wisdom as we seek out decisions to be made that focuses on mission and carries out vision that you've laid out for us as a church. And Father, outside of those times that we gather to seek you, may we also seek you in serving others, that we'll be able to see needs that exist, and that we would have willing hearts to fulfill, step into people's lives when they have uh, intersections that take place in their lives. May we, as a group of men, deacons, pastor, and staff, 
May we be used by you to do an incredible work. Father, most of all, we come before you and we ask that people will come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior through the ministry of this church. May the gospel be held first and foremost. May we seek to love you above all things. And in that, Father, may what we do shed light in this community for those who are lost and need to hear the message, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Help us as a church to share that gospel. We ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. Having accomplished all that we set out to do in ordaining and installing the deacon body of Sunset Hills, is there a motion that we adjourn? And a motion to adjourn does not need a second. But if you're ready to go home after all this, say amen. 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 Well, we're not going to quite go home just yet. Because I've asked uh, that we do one more thing. I've asked Kelly and the worship team to come back up here and, uh, and sing a song. One of our favorites around here, Kelly has been doing ever since he was a little kid. Um, and it's got a great message to it. After that, I'm going to ask that Andrew and, and John and Kevin to come here uh, after the song and stand in the altar. I'm going to ask their wives to come and stand with them. And you might want to come around and congratulate them on their new deacon rose within our church, okay? So following the song, uh, men, come on up with your wives, and, and then we'll be dismissed following that. Oh, no, the old story will never grow How Jesus died to save my soul Oh, no, the old story will never grow That story will never I went to church one lonely night I sat way back for my soul was not right The preacher was preaching how Jesus died For a sin-filled world He gave up His life story will never grow how Jesus died to save my soul oh no the old story will never grow that story will never grow and I went to the altar and I knelt down in prayer Lord please have mercy and he pardoned me there he lifted my burdens he brought peace to my soul and what made my life new was the story so old man
years have passed by since I found the Lord. And I remember that night when the story was told. Time has no hold on the message it brings. That story is old, but it's still blessing me. Oh no, the old story will never grow. How Jesus died to save my soul. Oh no, the old story will never grow. That story. Dismissed everybody. Have a great week. Hi, good morning. This is Kelly. I want to take a moment to personally thank you for joining us for today's live stream. I hope today's message was encouraging and inspiring for you. You know what? We would love to hear from you. If you're here today and you made a decision for Christ, or maybe you just have a simple prayer request, we would love to know about that. You can text the word prayer to 615-776-1807. One of her pastors will be back in touch with you. Hey, if you're in the neighborhood, we'd love to see you in person. You can join us for life groups at 9 a.m. or blended worship at 10 a.m. And let me say this, from your youngest family member to your family member that has the most years of life experience, we have a place for you. You know, I believe that we're living in unprecedented times. People all around us, are looking for sources of hope. And you and I, we both know where that hope is found. We have a God who loves us, and he wants to meet us right where we are. But you know what? He loves us too much to keep us there. So come and join us, whether online or in person. We would love to shake your hand, give you a smile, and do life with you here at Sunset Hills. Have a great week, everybody.